Welcome to another episode of the Mixed Witches Podcast. We're like a week away from May, and that's... That's tomfoolery. That's some, that's some shit, because you know, you know these past three weeks just went by fucking, like, nothing. Just, just zoomed through the month. It's why I've been analyzing my natal chart so hardcore, because I was like, bro, I gotta start making some progress. No, but honestly. These weeks are flying the fuck by, and I need to know what to do. Like you can you can feel the the time slipping away and I hate it. Literally. Anyway, it's your turn to go first. What are you talking about today? We are starting Taurus season. Yay! Yay Bye. to all the Tauruses. Oh my boy. Yay. Anyways. <laughs> oh yes, him. Yes, my boy. That fucker. That fucker. I actually. I, I have I have released the I'm lazy and I already have everything planned so I don't have any character I have to go off the top. I did look one up though but we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Taurus is the bull, the bull, which is a male cow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe think of doe, a deer, a female deer. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Taurus season goes from April 20th to May 20th. It is a negative polarity sign, and it is the fixed Earth sign because we are in the middle of spring. We are the big oak tree in spring. Taurus is ruled by Venus, just like Libra. Taurus rules the second house. Taurus rules the neck and the throat. It is feminine slash yin energy, and the mantra is I have. Why we are known to be materialistic. Literally our mantra. The tarot cards represented in the major, it is the Hierophant, which is number five. And in the minors, it's the five of pentacles, the six of pentacles, and the seven. So, Taurus is the heart of spring in the northern hemisphere, as I said. We are the boom schmack right in the middle of spring. <laughs> yeah. You know it's spring when. <laughs> Some descriptors. These are both positive and negative. I didn't split them up for my book of shadows because I didn't care. But you can you can assume. You have reading comprehension, listening comprehension, I assume. So dependable, materialistic, enduring, possessive, and sensual. Sensual as in tactile. I do think some people just take sensual as sensual. But for a Taurus, like, Libra is the sign of relationships. They're ruled by Venus. They're kind of like Taurus. Funnily enough, the article I got this from, Taurus is actually considered Venus's, like, night home. Libra is where Venus lives during the day. Mm. So Libra is, like, the air side, and it's daytime, and it's romance, and it's 
justice and amiability. Taurus is just sensual, but like in terms of the actual senses. That's why Tauruses are also known to eat all the time and sleep all the time and be materialistic because I want to touch things and smell the things and own the things. <laughs> also known to be hedonistic because of that. So, hi. <laughs> That's what we are. I said it. <laughs> um, Venus, oh, Venus, pardon. My brain is going before my mouth. Taurus is the domicile of Venus. Venus is the ruling planet. And it's exalted in the moon. And it is the detriment of Mars. Uh, you remember what I said for Aries? I will also like it to say my Mars is in Taurus. Just like my Venus is in Aries. So <laughs> I've got two de- planets in detriment. That's nice. For me you're like great <laughs> not great no, like that's that's cool <laughs> this is 100 not where i want to be but all right it's i'm like it's fine it's not but it's <laughs> fine <laughs> i think the bull if you think of the comparison of the bull and the cow it shows like the good and the bad of taurus the bull perspective is stubborn Sometimes can be like slow to anger, but once they're angry, it is like that bull in a china shop. Kind of seeing red. I ain't hearing nothing no more. But the cow part, very like love, like the big eyes sleeping all the time. Just here. Just vibing. (laughs) Just here. (laughs) I think. If I had to, like, talk about, if I could make any side, like, positive, which you should, I feel. I feel like sometimes, like, I don't like to look at stuff on social media anymore about signs because a lot of people do like to play that game of good signs and bad signs. And I'm just like, that's, like, that's, like, what 16-year-olds do. And I'm not doing that no more. (laughs) And I feel like that's why Taurus has a reputation of being lazy because I do feel like they have that chill cow energy. So I'm just here eating grass unbothered (laughs) you could literally push a cow over and it wouldn't complain (laughs) cow tipping (laughs) they would just lay there that's what they do they're just like bro i'm just here what else i guess i'm on the ground now look at that moon (laughs) (laughs) oh wow exaltation of the moon moo moon stop So the first deacon of Taurus, if you remember, I touched on this for areas, and I've never touched on these before, so I'm sorry, but whatever. I got these from astrology.com, so you can find these there. Um, First deacon of Taurus is in Mercury. So if you have a planet in the degrees of zero to nine in the sign of Taurus, in whatever house, you'll be a more intellectually focused and analytical Taurus. The second deacon of Taurus is the moon. So degrees 10 through 19 are ruled by some moon energy, which definitely would be, you would probably be one of the lazy Tauruses, the sleepy Taurus. (laughs) 
earthly B Taurus baby. <laughs> and then the third degree of Taurus is ruled by Saturn. So degrees 20 through 29, that's where you get the, the very earth element. The very um, similarities to Capricorn. Capricorn is also ruled by Saturn. So that's when you get the very determined and disciplined and persistent. The one that a Taurus is not afraid to get their hands dirty. The bull that's scraping the ground, digging their heels in. That's y'all. Hi, that's also me. <laughs> <laughs> My son is at 23 degrees. Hi. <laughs> um, also, the um, five of pentacles, six of pentacles, and seven of pentacles. I was about to split them up, and I'm actually not going to try because I didn't write it down, and I don't want to be wrong. But the five of pentacles, six of pentacles, and seven of pentacles are, would be the Mercury in Taurus, Moon in Taurus. Actually, I do know seven of pentacles is Saturn in Taurus. That's why sometimes that card, you pull it, and it can be kind of like bittersweet because your roots have not come in yet. But it's also why it's the card of like patience and waiting time. That's what Saturn is. So, fun fact. Uh, Sailor Venus is a Libra, so she is not a Taurus. Mm. <laughs> Her birthday was October 22nd, it said. I had a feeling she was going to be a Libra when I thought about it. I was like, she's going to be a Libra. She's not going to be a Taurus. That's right. <laughs> she's definitely <laughs> Libra energy. Yeah, I, she is, but I was like, let me just make sure. Um, so... We have the one Sailor Venus, and she happens to be a Libra and not a Taurus. That sucks, but there we go. <laughs> also, our boy Kotsky from My Hero Academia. I know some of y'all like to play the cusp game. I'm here to tell you he would be a Taurus, and I'm not sorry to tell you that. I know y'all want him to be an Aries because the whole boom of explodey angry thing, but no. And in fact, if you know anything about a Taurus, you know we can be that just like that. So <laughs> I think that's when you—that's when people start to cut the corners of, oh, this is what an Aries is like, and this is what a Taurus is like. And I actually think y'all don't realize Tauruses actually have really bad tempers. I actually think that is our vice. And I think the thing about Aries is that y'all forget that they're very childlike. Arieses are very nice people. We just talked about Peter Pan in the last episode. That is Aries energy. That's definitely my dad now that he's older. <laughs> right. It's very inner child. It's the fool. It's Y'all don't give Aries enough credit, and that's y'all. <laughs> and my mom As does have who, a really bad temper. It's that bull in a china shop seeing red with the red flag. It's that. It's like we don't even see nothing no more. <laughs> we are just trying to skewer you at that point. So. What it is, it's that stubbornness. Because once a Taurus gets mad, I'm sitting here digging my heels in and you can't. It's like if you, I'm the type of, that rep, that stereotype of telling a woman to calm down just makes her more mad. That's a oh Taurus. A Taurus made that. <laughs> because if you tell me, bro, calm down. I, oh. You're going to piss me off way more. My, I'm a Scorpio ascendant. Bro, I might kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I might end up in jail that night. <laughs> like, bro, we may never see you again. <laughs> Um, I can't, I don't have a comic book character for y'all since those are so hard to find. Yeah, they're all fucking Pisces. (laughs) uh, Seriously. But if you remember, the only, (laughs) we actually had another Libra, and that was Peter Parker, the little Spidey man. Oh, yeah. 
So everyone wants to claim Venus, but they want to do it through you. That's fine. Whatever. Fuck y'all. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Also, I also think that people, one of my other favorite animals for Taurus is the bunny. Because of the whole fertility thing. Yeah. I also liken the Empress as a, I liken it as a Venus card. So whenever I pull it, I always think that my card, it's like confirmation that it's talking to me. You can also liken like the King, Queen, and the Knights, not the pages, for some reason. But Knights, Kings, and Queens can also be likened to signs. I just don't see that too much, so I never say it. Right. If you are curious, the King of Pentacles is usually associated with Fixed signs are the kings, cardinal signs are the queens. No, yes, immutable signs are the knights. Basically. <laughs> Taurus season, the, the fruits are coming in. The fruits. Everything's blooming, and it's for sure fucking spring, and it's going to get hot. <laughs> yeah, it's about to start getting hot. It's going to stop raining and start getting hot. The bowl. Okay. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the Empress card because that has to do with what I'm about to talk about a little bit. So. So what I'm talking about is I'm talking about uh, fertility correspondences because it's spring and uh, yeah, it's basically everything fertility right now. And as somebody who's been having some, you know, lady issues, it's uh, kind of near and dear to my heart at this this point in my life. Yeah. And um, um, I know there's people out there who are going to be like, oh, but you can adopt. That's great. I know that. Yeah. I've been thinking about that since I was a kid. Doesn't change Same. the fact of, oh. like... Something being taken away from you, essentially. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to carry a child at least once. So it's it's disconcerting that as soon as I'm like, yeah, I know I want to have a child one day, my uterus starts to do weird things. Yeah. So. Anyway, fertility correspondences. I'm going to start with crystals, and this is coming from mycrystals.com. So, these are crystals that can help with fertility, not ones that are specifically related to fertility. Um, that's that's going to be pretty much all of what I'm talking about, stuff that's related to it, but not specific for it, I guess. Just because there wasn't a lot that were spec- uh, specified for fertility. But anyways, the first crystal is carnelian, my personal favorite, my my crystal period. Yep. The the one I first got when I started working with crystals. It is related to the sacral and root chakras and uh, is related to creativity, inspiration, endurance, leadership and bravery as well as fertility and sexuality. Moonstone, which is known as the women's healing stone. And this helps to balance the cycle and hormones as well as metabolism. Then we have uh, cry. Hold on. Chrysoprase. Chrysoprase. 
I don't like looking at that word. It's a very weird world. World? That too. Anyways. <laughs> it balances the yin and yang and helps improve sexual power and fer fertility and is related to the heart chakra. Then we have rose quartz, which promotes sexual virility, sensuality, and self-mothering. Green aventurine, which is prosperity, luck, and success, as well as trust and harmony. Rhodonite, which is balancing of the emotions, centering, enhancing fertility, and readies the uterus for childbirth. And then ruby zoisite, which boosts positive energy, promotes fertility, alleviates issues with the testes or the ovaries. So a lot of these stones, if you noticed, had to do with like balancing because when you're trying to conceive, a lot has to do with like your home hormones and them being in balance for you to conceive. Next, I'm going to be talking about flowers which is coming from a to z flowers.com. So we have hollyhock, cornflower, catnip, poppy, toad lily, lotus, snowdrops, and one that has three different names that is horny goatweed, bishop's hat, or barren wort, or barren wort, wart, barren wart. Those are all the th same names for the same flower. I just had to say it because the first one was honey, honey, horny goat weed. So take with that what you will. And then yeah. sunflowers. Always sunflowers. Next, essential oils. And this is coming from healthline.com. We have clary sage oil, which is estrogen balancing. Citrus oils, so um, lemon, orange, or grapefruit. This is to increase energy and improve mood. Sandalwood is an aphrodisiac and um, heightens the libido. Geranium oil, which is another one that has to do with estrogen, and this is estrogen production. Ylang ylang, also an aphrodisiac and is a love-inducing scent. Peppermint, which is energizing and mood-lifting. And lavender, which is relaxation and to lower cortisol levels. For herbs, we have chased berry, black uh, co cohosh, cohosh, whatever. False unicorn, which I didn't look up. I didn't try to find out what false unicorn is. But I'm interested in knowing what it is. Uh, evening primrose oil and red clover. And then the tarot cards related to fertility are the empress. So motherhood, creativity, and abundance as well as mother earth. The sun, abundance, joy, and fruitfulness. The Three of Cups, which is joy and fruitfulness. The Queen of Pentacles. <laughs> the Queen of Pentacles, which um, can, can be interpreted as a card of fertility due to 
the rabbit being on the card for the original uh, weight right, weight ride, you know, the original tarot deck, and then yeah. all of the aces, every single one of them, has to do with fertility. In fact, the ace of wands could represent having a boy, and the ace of cups could represent having a girl. I wrote that down. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down in my book. Oh, and the ace of swords can represent having a medical intervention, like a section. Right, 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 right. I did read that, but I didn't write that one down. <laughs> Sorry, I have No, burps. we're not obsessed with babies. I am very obsessed right with babies right now. No, we're not. <laughs> not at all. Talking about baby animals before this episode started. Just going on and on about baby cows and ducks and cats and everything. Uh. Cows. <laughs> cows. <laughs> also, um, the empress is usually drawn as being pregnant. Yeah. It's fair. I don't know whenever she gonna give birth to that baby, but... Oh, God. Hopefully soon. Never. Jesus. <laughs> She's perpetually pregnant. A nightmare. An actual literal nightmare. Uh, some deities. I say some, but there's like ten here. <laughs> some deities related to fertility. Um, Oshun, which is Yoruban. Anahit, which is Armenian. Brigid and Ostara, which are Irish. Isis, Egyptian. Artemis, Greek, obviously. But also interesting because, you know, she's an eternal maiden. So, questions yeah. on why you would be praying to her for fertility, but okay. You do you. I'm not telling you what to do. Well, she did have, she did help her mommy birth Apollo. I think that was why. Oh. I'm, like, sitting here thinking, I was like, okay. But also, like, she rules over the moon, and the moon has to do with fertility and the cycle That's and true. all that stuff, too. So it makes sense. It makes sense. It's nice to know. She's sitting here saying, I don't want to have no babies, but, like, I'll help you if you want to have babies. I don't want your babies, but you can have the babies. <laughs> I don't want to have no baby, but you can have the baby. Um, the next is Persephone, which we've talked about multiple times over the past couple couple weeks. Dionysus, also Greek. Laka, which is Hawaiian. Parvati, Hindu. An Anjaya, An Anji, Anji. M Mori. Um, Kiki, uh, Kichi Joten. I think I said that wrong. I don't know how to do the long vowel for Japanese yet. Kichi Joten, which is Shinto. Uh, Freya and Freyer, which are Norse. And then Ida Wedo, which I think I've actually talked about her too. And uh, it's related to voodoo. <laughs> and then some holidays related to fertility are Ostara and Beltane, which is also known as May Day. And I'll be talking about that next week, so I'm not going to get into it. 
Mayday. Mayday. Mayday, mayday. Um <laughs> That that's what I have. What what media do you have? Well, bro, I really could not think of anything that had to do with bulls or cows or Tauruses. And I couldn't think of a character that was a Taurus besides Kotsky. <laughs> but honestly, I find this funny and I feel like it's because Aphrodite's laughing in my damn ear. Uh, <laughs> when, when, I, when I was browsing our topics, all I could think of, all I could think was uh, Porco Rosso. And I say that's funny because Aphrodite hates pigs. <laughs> Porco she Rosso? Uh, but Porco Rosa. Is he piggy? He, he pig man. He's a pig man, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Why did you sound sad? You're like, yeah, he's, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking through pictures right now, so I'm like half here and half, like half looking at these pictures. He pig man. He pig man. Uh, Porco Rosso is about aeroplanes. Has the aeroplane, and he is cursed to be a pigman. The one thing that never happens during that movie is his curse never breaks. It's not one of those movies, you know, where like the yeah. young, beautiful girl comes out of nowhere and breaks his curse, and you know he turns back into a man again. No, he stays a pigman. He's just pigman. He's just pigman. He's just Porco Rosso. So, Porco Rosso came out in 92. In fact, it came out January 1st of 92. Oh. They said, we want everybody to know about us. This is how we're starting off the year. So, Porco Rosso means red pig. Crimson pig. Red pig. (laughs) Italian. Uh... The movie is set in Italy. It says right here, in Italy, in the 1930s, sky pirates in biplanes terrorize wealthy cruise ships as they sail the Adriatic. The only pilot brave enough to stop the scourge is the mysterious Porco Rosso, a former World War I flying ace who was somehow turned into a pig during the war. As he prepares to battle the pirate crew's American ace Porco Rosso enlists the help of spunky girl mechanic Theo Piccolo and his longtime friend Madame Gina. Also, yes, if you love independent female mechanics a la Atlantis, you will like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love me a lady mechanic. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's like my normal response at work. It's just, hell yeah, brother. Uh, Ignore me. I'm sorry. Porco <laughs> Rosso was born, was born around 1892 to 1893, and he's roughly 36 years old in the movie. All right. <laughs> he, he says he, was, he has been flying since he was 17. Damn, damn. Damn, dude. So how did you get turned into a pig, my guy? <laughs> if I remember correctly, it had it had to do with the the fact that he left people behind in the war. 
That's what I want, like, that's what I remember from the movie. It had to, it had something to do with the fact that he left people behind and those people ended up dying. So as punishment for not dying with them, he got turned into a, he got turned into a pig. I don't I don't think it's ever explicitly stated though. It's like um kind of one of those things that's like left up to your interpretation. Yeah. But yeah. So he is now a piggy bounty hunter. <laughs> piggy bounty hunter. <laughs> and as we already said, he doesn't he doesn't change at the end. He stays a pig. Yeah, that's that's just his life. He is doomed to be a pig. Well, you did what you did. <laughs> of course, this is a Miyazaki movie. Studio Ghibli. You can tell by the planes and the World War. This of it all. Miyazaki liked that shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, Italy and Europe. He reeled down for all that, and I appreciate him for it. <laughs> I am a big Italy nut, so I have set the language aside for a while, and that is my fault. I like a good fly movie, though. Yeah. This one and the other one they did. Wind <laughs> rises. Yeah. yeah. Good shit. Good shit. So you like period movies like we do, and anime. Studio Ghibli Miyazaki goodness. Watch Porco Rosso. Porco Rosso is one of those ones that like nobody kind of knows about. Yeah, I found it on accident. <laughs> yeah, it's like nobody really knows about it. You know, everyone knows House Moving Castle. Everyone knows Spirited Away. Porco Rosso, everyone kind of just like, well, what's that one? <laughs> what are you talking about again? And I just thought it was funny. I was like, I was literally looking around. I was like, I need something for Taurus. I was like, I'm gonna pick the pig. <laughs> and Aphrodite gonna come to me in my dreams tonight and go, you know what, you bitch. You know I don't like pigs. <laughs> you know how I feel about them pigs. <laughs> and you still, you still decided to choose violence today. <laughs> oh, she'll get over it. <laughs> she'll get over it. What do you have? Again, I have another book. As <laughs> I somehow managed to pull a bunch of books out of my butt. I literally. <laughs> this is again nonfiction. Um, and it's called An Herbalist Guide to Heal, Protect, and Manifest Plant Magic for the Beginner Witch by Ali Sands. It says she's the founder of Aquarian Soul. I don't know what that is. I assume it's a brand. As things tend to be. And um, as the title suggests, it is a book on plant magic. But um, I enjoy it because it has... it's it It does a little bit where it talks about, like, what different plants are used for. But mostly it just is a book of spells. So it has uh, different sections of spells 
We have protection, love, abundance, and healing, and personal power spells. And I think it says, I if I remember correctly, I was reading through it, and it was talking about, like, if you don't have some of the things to um, substitute them with other things. Because they kind of get in-depth, I will say that, that this, uh, this book kind of gets in-depth with kind of... Obscure herbs, I should say. Like, things that are going to be hard to procure. So, let, let me go to one really quick as an example. I'll go to the Strawberry Soulmate Powder. Sounds like a good one. Sounds good. Right? To be honest. <laughs> so, for the Strawberry Soulmate Powder, your ingredients... Um, one is, one that's optional is hawthorn twig, and then you have rosebud, buds, dried rose petals, dried lavender, a cinnamon stick, frankincense, sandalwood powder, dried strawberry leaf, dried yarrow, and whole cloves, as well as vanilla powder or vanilla extract. And then rose and lavender essential oil. So while a lot of these things, it's not going to be like too terribly hard to find, like rosebuds and rose petals and lavender, um, some of the harder things to find would probably be like sandalwood powder, uh, dried strawberry leaf, unless you're plucking the leaves yourself. If you're trying to just buy them, you're probably not going to be able to f just find them here, like, out and about. Right. I, I tend to try to use herbs that you can find in a, um, like, a grocery store. That way they're easy to find. But, yeah. <laughs> um, what's another one? But, yeah, this one, this one looks pretty nice. So the, the, the paragraph before, like, the ritual to make this thing, it says, if, you look, if you're looking to settle down and find the love of your life, this is the spell for you. If you have been dating and not having any luck or finally ready to find your life partner, this pattern will help, them, help draw them into your life. The love pattern will draw long-lasting true love, not just a fling. Strawberry leaf is associated with the plant, planet Venus, which is the love planet. It helps you overcome any issues standing in the way of finding real love. Soulmates can come in many forms, and you can have more than one soulmate in a lifetime. This also in includes finding your twin flame or even a soulmate friendship. This powder can bring you everlasting love in this lifetime or, ever or lifelong friendship. This powder can be used in romantic spells or in friendship spells. That's nice that they um, they specify, you know? Yeah. I like. I enjoy stuff like that. Oh, there's one for Magical Love Ink. That sounds cool. That does sound cool. I'm trying to, I remember. I have a different herbal book. Mine has spells in it, too. I'm trying to find the one because I remember there being a spell for like, um, 
what's it called? Not opening your third eye, but kind of. <sighs> I don't remember what it's called. There's one for, um, there's this one called Sunflower Depression Potion. Go to that one. 128. I might need it. Need some of that? <laughs> no, seriously. The two of us. People are gonna be like, are you two okay? No. No. Um, ingredients include fresh lemon balm, fresh peppermint, lavender stems, um, a handful of fresh rose petals, sunflower petals or calendula, water, and then carnelian crystal, citrine crystal, and tiger's eye crystal. Which, yeah, that's, that wouldn't be too hard to find. The um, hardest thing to find would probably be the lemon balm, realistically. Maybe the yeah. lavender stems, because you tend to just stems. find the lavender itself. Yeah. But this says... Also, but, like, whatever you're making this spell, like, you can omit stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, you don't have to use everything. It's, it's, always spells are going to be, like, a suggestion, like, written down spells, because things are going to change depending on your view, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Intent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this one says, sun water is something I like to drink when I feel melancholy or depressed, Many times we can have hormonal imbalances or situational sadness that causes us to feel blue for no reason, so it seems. Clinical depression is one of the most difficult things to deal with. If you have it or have been through it, you will know the depths of despair that you fall into. Magic is not a cure for depression, but it is a tool you can use to help alleviate some of the symptoms or even better, help you on the road out of those depths. When I was really struggling in my early 20s on days where it was difficult just to leave my room, the sun is what helped me, helped save me. I know that it is not all it takes, but sitting outside for 10 minutes in the sun can shift something. Infusing the energy of the sun into your water warms your soul. It brings the strength of, it brings the energy of strength, vitality, and vigor, the very life force that keeps us all alive. Use this potion when you feel like you're slipping down into that dark hole. If you are in the throes of depression, you can drink this daily to help get you to a place where you can begin to heal. That's nice. I might have to make it. <laughs> yeah. I just might. I feel. But yeah, that's what I have. That sounds like a good book. Yeah, it's very informative. Like, the, and the rituals are like very well thought out too at least i think they are so if you would like to hear more from us you can find us on twitter and instagram by just searching up the mixed witches podcast or you can shoot us an email mixed witches podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on society six at mixed witches podcast or you can find our website, which is mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. And you can find all of our uh, all of our episodes up to this point on there. And eventually little goodies. Hey. 
So, hope you, you guys... You should put those spells on there. Huh? You should put those spells on. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Maybe I'll do them and then, like... Oh, yeah. Put the, uh, like, how they turned out. Yeah. Hope you guys got something out of this episode. I know it was, like, kind of short on the actual witchcraft side of things, but... Some, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you don't have episodes that are hours and hours long of us rambling about stuff. I can't, how, how, how much more can I say about Taurus? We'll literally be beating a dead cow. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I've been beating this dead horse about fertility for a while now, so... <laughs> It's okay, it's spring. It's spring, yeah. You, you you guys get a little bit more of the horse beating later in the next episode, but that's what I have for this episode. <laughs> so when we get to Halloween, you can talk about, like, death. Yeah, I can talk about death again. <laughs> Anyways, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. down easiest street again damn x marks the spot or is it oh getting high then feeling so low chasing after that witch's brew damn 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 damn
fire We've been burned, he's in desire Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn We've been dreaming about paradise Play those cards, baby, roll those dice, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Start to go and then you stop cause you're sailing down easy street again. Damn, almost within reach, but out of your grasp. The last drop at the bottom of your glass, you're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn.